Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm okay. I'm actually, I feel like I'm coming down with something actually. Oh um, no. Yeah, a little, little tiny bit sniffly snuffly. No, it's not. Don't worry. It's not that. It's not that one. It's well, not that one. I don't, it's not typical of that. Maybe I've, maybe new symptoms are being born inside me and oh soon God. everyone will be everyone who catches the c virus will be small and uh and yeah. and enjoy star wars battlefront 2 those mm. are the new symptoms that's it if you've got those two symptoms then you're you're getting down with the sickness Ooh, ah. mm, absolutely how are you are you all right yeah i'm good i didn't actually mention because we recorded some stuff yesterday immediately after pretty much I recovered from, I think, some kind of food poisoning. Oh, no. And I didn't even mention it because it was really weird. I woke up feeling terrible and I needed to run to the toilet Mm. for the Domino's reason, not like the sick reason. Right. Um, And I didn't have Domino's, though. That's that's the mystery. I didn't even have Domino's. God, how did you get food poisoning uh, and not have Domino's? Exactly. It's it's like getting the C virus and enjoying Star Wars Battlefront 2. They're intrinsically linked. Mm. And uh, so it was very weird. And then I just sort of lay there in a daze and then it was gone and then I was feeling fine again. It's funny, actually, because the same thing happened to me some weeks ago. Mm. Um, And we'd just eaten some, like vegan uh sausages we'd had like sausage sandwiches at lunchtime we treated ourselves and i thought at the time when it was like in the bathroom i was like oh man we obviously didn't cook those sausages properly or something (laughs) and i was like hang on no they were vegan like they're they're made of plants yeah exactly how does that work so i couldn't work out what had caused it and then i was absolutely fine after an unpleasant like sort of well session really how how strange with, um, with, with that intrinsically linked with each other, much like mm. playing Battlefront 2 and having C-Virus, yes. you and me were like, it's like string theory, quantum entanglement. That's that's exactly what I was going to say, Peter. That's exactly what it's like. Right, yeah. Bang on. Mm. Uh, I'm, I, if we keep saying that there's a link between Battlefront and getting COVID, I think that it's people would start disseminating that information, yeah, yeah, and we could get in a lot of trouble. We could. Uh, however, this is our diarrhea podcast. Mm. Welcome, thank you uh, for for listening. It is actually about video games. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you could tell. 
Uh, actually, there's nothing we've mentioned about video games so far, so you probably couldn't tell. But it is actually a video game podcast, I do. I promise. We did mention how Battlefront 2 definitely gives you coronavirus. That's true. No, that is true. We did mention Battlefront 2. Mm. There we go. People people should have... I shouldn't even have to clarify, but in case I do, this is a video, video podcast, and we get sponsored by a brand new company each and every week uh, who let us bring the show to you for free. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. It is. That's very true. Uh, this week, Ben is the ad reader of today's mm. sponsor. Um, ben, who is giving us money this week? This week, we are getting money from Little Big Planet Fitness. Okay. Little Big Planet Fitness. Oh, I see. I was, I was thinking about Little Big Planet games and no, to, <laughs> that's silly. Trying to find some sort of. You know, as though there's a little big planet game that's recently come out called Little Big Planet Litness, and that you'd done a right. clever thing there. Of course, you've not done a clever thing. No, it's just it's a real. genuine. It's a yeah, real thing. Yeah, linked little with big. Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is completely. It's not related to the game. No. No. Of the same name at all. Uh, it's the first gym that separates uh, its customers by height. Right. So there's a portion of the gym. For people under five and a half feet, mm-hmm. and all the equipment slightly lower down, and uh, you know it's got all the same all the same weights that you can use because you know you don't want to. There's no discriminating there. No, it's just more size appropriate for the person that wants to use it. Yeah, right. and on the other side, you've got the big part of the gym, which is for the tall boys and tall girls and tall others and uh, people who just want to you know get absolutely stacked and ripped but perhaps are on the the taller side of the height spectrum you know need higher bars and longer rowing machines you need bigger stairs yeah more space in your locker you know Mm, true longer benches perhaps a slightly bigger shower yeah all sorts of stuff that's accommodated in the little big planet fitness which is there's one opening in newcastle today (gasps) oh Oh wow! Fantastic yeah. news. Yeah. Are we, are we going to be involved in the opening ceremony? Well, we'll see. Oh, okay. When I tell you that it's not real. Oh what! I was, uh, I've already put my no. shirt and tie on. Well, the thing is, you've already got. But as we've discussed, you've already got the C virus because you like Star Wars Battlefront Two. So theoretically, you could just go out into public and use the gym and not care about getting ill. Oh yeah, that's how it works, isn't it? If because you've got coronavirus, you're, that's when you're allowed to go outside and mix with other people because you yeah. can't possibly catch it from them. Because you can't get ill, so there's no risk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah, off you uh, go, everyone. Obviously, obviously, we are joking. We are joking there. Don't do, not do go that. Out if you've got symptoms. Don't do, don't go out at all if you can help it. No, full stop. But certainly not if you get a get a test and that's it. Get a test. This is this. We're actually sponsored by getting a test from the NHS and also our wonderful patrons Peter they're our real sponsors as they are each and every week patreon.com forward slash team triple jump donate uh, I don't know a dollar I suppose yeah. if you want there's more money that you can give and that's totally up to you different tiers different rewards but one dollar will get you access to the podcast question post I normally post it on a Tuesday and get questions in time for a Thursday recording. But the past three weeks, we've been doing it a day early because we've had other stuff on. Uh, so, Is that right? Have we done that for three weeks straight now? Yeah. God, I didn't realise. 
Yeah, yeah, we have. Wow. This week it's a, it's a, what's it, what's it called? What are Sleepover they called? Sleepover stream. Sleepover stream. So our Thursdays are quite busy on those days. Um, the last week I was off on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And the week before, there was another reason that I can't remember. Oh. But I'm fairly sure we did that then as well. Either go. way, it usually goes out on a Tuesday and you can ask questions there. But do go and check on, on Monday just in case. Uh, because you can submit a question for this podcast and we'll talk about the first question in just a second when Peter asks... Ben, where are we walking this week? Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, maybe we are walking through a, pla- a little big planet mm. fitness. Oh, is it um, just a gym? Just a gym, yeah. Okay, we're walking. James, we're walking through a gym. We're not walking through James. Walking through James. Okay. We're walking through a James Nasium. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Sounds good. Maybe we'll have been. Well, maybe by the end of the podcast, we'll be ripped on the picture. Can you imagine the gym for an hour? Um, Way too complicated. I think. Yeah. No, I'm not expecting Jim to uh, make it look like (laughs) we get stacked. Uh, We've got a question here. From Victoria Pennington. Thank you, Tori. Uh, Hello, boys. It's that time of year again. And at time of recording, it's Thanksgiving in the US. What are you thankful for in 2020? Have a lovely day. Oh, goodness me. What a question. Well, in a broader sense, Peter, I'm I'm still alive and I haven't gotten sick. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that none of my family have gotten sick as well. Mm Mm-hmm. And my grandparents locked themselves down in March and still haven't gone anywhere. Oh, bless them! Yeah, mm-hmm. I've I've written video game related Thanksgivings, but also I've put yeah, I'm I'm healthy. My family and friends are all healthy. Thank thank goodness. Um, and uh, I mean, I say I'm healthy. I've got a cold, clearly, but you know, oh, in, in no, the grand scheme, it's yeah, I know. I can't really complain, can I? And I'm not going to. But uh, yeah. So that's that's very good. Something that we should be grateful for. Something that other people can't all say. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about you know? This is a video game podcast. It is. What are we thankful for, video game wise? I mean, I'm sure we're both thankful for and excited about the new generation. Of course, that's mm-hmm. probably the biggest video game event of the year, and Maybe. has brought a lot of happiness to a lot of people. Um, but kind of speaking on on more a few more specific things. Um, I'm really thankful for Crash Bandicoot 4. Um, yeah. I, I picked that game specifically, not because it's necessarily my game of the year or, you know, my favorite game of the year or the best game of the year or whatever, but it's probably the most significant release of the year to me because, you know, I'm a big fan of the series and, you know, it has wider implications that maybe one day there'll be a Crash 5 and the series has, you know, finally got a new lease of life and there might be a Spyro 4 one day. You know, it might be the next project from uh, Vicarious or Beanox or uh, the other one, Toys for Bob. So that's that's been a good uh, that's a good sign going forward for my PS One mascot revamp series. Um, and uh, I'm glad that talking about my other favorite game, Beyond Good and Evil, hasn't been cancelled yet. Oh and no, it still hasn't, has it? No, it's on its it's sort of constantly getting beaten up by like various news stories and problems at Ubisoft but it's still going to the point where it's got that Netflix movie deal which again you know we'll actually see if that ever happens but it seems to be getting you know attention and multimedia projects which is exciting for me so 
that's something I'm excited for. Mm. Um, and there's now an Assassin's Creed game set in a time period that I'm interested in actually playing again because I've not played one of those for a long time. So that's, that's something I'm looking forward to. I'm currently playing, as we'll find out in the next section, I'm currently playing Miles Morales, but I'm really trying to just get through it now because I want to play uh, AC Valhalla. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. All, all very exciting things. What about all you, Ben? Very exciting things. Yeah, I've, I've got one thing written down, and that is uh, that I'm, I've finally gotten the remakes that matter most to me. Yeah, I was very excited to obviously get Spyro in 2018. That was that was hugely exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, not obviously quite as big of a fan of all of the Spyro games as you are, but three was was very near and dear to my heart. So I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But it's I have been gazing over the fence quite jealously for some time now at the quality and of of the Crash remake that everyone was super excited about. People were obviously very excited about the Tony Hawk's remake, although yeah. I only ever really played the second one. And I haven't picked up the remake yet. Uh, Destroy All Humans, miraculously, did appeal to some people. Medieval as well. Good for them. Medieval, yeah. And this year, I got not only Final Fantasy Fantasy VII Remake, which I was pretty cold on to begin with, but ended up absolutely loving. Mm. And now I've got Demon's Souls as well, which was announced this year. Yeah. Uh, so two two in one year is not bad. I'm pretty satisfied with those. I know it raises a larger question. Uh, that we that we've definitely talked about on the show before, and I, I think we still get questions about it from time to time about the, uh, the what's what's the word that I'm looking for the influx perhaps the saturation hmm. the oversaturation of remakes and remasters um, and whether or not that's a good thing for creativity and so on. But that's been an issue I think that's just sort of been present in the film industry for decades and i think there's still great new stuff coming out of the cinema well not currently but you know what i mean uh so i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad thing you know as long as they haven't got naughty dog working on a remake or you know uh i'm trying to think of another studio (laughs) uh let's think of one come on help me out uh, Help me out. Bethesda, Arcane, Bethesda, uh, Obsidian, Obsidian. As long as they're not working on remakes, then then I'm happy. You know, there's there's definitely a gap in the market for your toys for Bob. CD Projekt Red. For yeah, for CG for CD Projekt Red and Bluepoint to be doing all the remakes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not too fussed about the the larger implications, but I am very grateful for getting very competent and nice remakes that put their own spin on the original game. Yeah, I had to. I had to get CD Projekt in there, given that my when I tried to think of a studio, my mind immediately went to <laughs> Bethesda. You know, Bethesda, acclaimed and definitely not made loads of mistakes recently. Studio, they're perfect. They're perfect. Yeah, every game just works. So it does. Yeah, that's that. Well, Peter, speaking of games that we played, mm. I think it's time for another section. Oh, I think it is too. It's the game. It's it's the section. It's the the, the the section where we talk about the games that we have been present tense playing. Ooh. It's called what we play in. It's what we play in time, Peter. The the PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X and S are finally out. Mm-hmm. We've been playing them. What have you been playing on them? I've only played one game on my PlayStation Five so far. I started it. And uh, I was tempted to also play, you know, maybe Assassin's Creed or maybe something else at the same time. But I thought, no, 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 no. Just don't don't have all your don't eat all your chickens in one basket, I believe, is the definitely the the phrase. Yes. The idiom that I'm looking for there. Um, 
So I've been playing, as I mentioned earlier, Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. And goodness me, I'm really enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. Um, we have, of course, done uh, a quipscope on that. And we'll have, we've done quipscopes on the games that I'm sure Ben is about to talk about. So you can check mm-hmm. those out on the channel. Um, but just to sort of add to those thoughts... Goodness me, it's it's a lot of fun just to swing around and like beat people up, and uh, it looks great. I think um, my TV definitely uh, doesn't help. There's nothing wrong with my TV, by the way. It's just like very just average. Um, but when I copied my footage onto my computer to uh, to do the edit for the Quipscope, I was like, oh yeah, this is like this is actually quite you know quite sharp looking. This is nice. Um, so you know it looks very good um, and uh, it's nice to kind of have a different uh, just a different story a different set of characters a whole new uh, a whole new bunch of um, content you know I think it could have been it it would have been easy for them to just do another Peter Parker chapter and either bring out some enemies that we've already uh fought and have them escape again from the raft um or you know maybe like throw in a couple of other rogues gallery characters um but fortunately they've decided no we're going to go with Miles Morales and we've got you know a whole new a whole new squad of uh of people to to get to know and uh you know in, enjoyed like a whole new story um a whole new set of mechanics as well available for you that i think really they do add to the game, certainly. Um, I mentioned in the Quipscope that, like, when you're going around looking for collectibles on your map, it's not necessarily just a case of, like, oh, I'll go to this location and pick it up. You know, now sometimes you have to do a little mini puzzle to get it, which I think is a really nice idea. It just adds mm. uh, a little bit of an extra um, dimension to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just thoroughly enjoying it. And I don't, in a way, I don't want to finish it. Um, so I'm really, I'm going around and doing a lot of, side missions and you know uh the the crimes that just happen um as you're swinging around i always stop and deal with those because uh i i didn't tend to do all of that stuff with uh the sort of the main game the original game but uh i kind of want to kind of want to pad this one out a little bit um, and make this moment last exactly yeah yeah but it's a lot of fun nice yeah um uh, but that's that's all i've been playing for now Probably next thing I'll play when I've done this is quickly um, blast through Astro's Playroom um, mm-hmm. before I move on to something big. Um, but uh, yeah, what about you, Ben? What have you been playing? Well, before the uh, before the console arrived mm. last week, I, I fit in one last game of Warzone, ah. which we won. Hooray. Oh, brilliant. And now, obviously, it's on PS5 anyway, so I can carry on playing that. And I did play a game of that last night. Just one, though. Just the one game, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, mainly, I've been playing Demon Souls. Played the, uh, for want of a better term, the ever-loving flip out of it. Yes. And I have done all of the things. I got the Platinum Trophy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm tempted to start a, a new game on the, uh, what's it called, the... I can't remember the exact term, but it, it, where it flips everything horizontally. Because in that mode, you get to pick up... So they're called ceramic coins. Oh, and it okay. was discovered what was behind that secret new door. Yes. That people found. And it's a it's an armor set that's exclusive to this remake. So I'm tempted to do a run where I try and get that armor set, but I'm not entirely sure. 
So we'll see if I can be asked. But uh, outside of that, which obviously is amazing, and again, as, as Peter said, there's a quip scope. All about my thoughts on Demon Souls. Played Astro's Playroom mm. a bit more last night. I'm taking it slow and getting all the uh, the collectibles I can as as I go through. A really delightful tour through PlayStation memory lane, down PlayStation memory lane, I should say. All the trinkets and doodads and gadgets, and you can look at the high res models of them and rotate them around it makes very very clever use of the controller with the sounds working in tandem with the vibration and the uh, adaptive triggers it's very clever hmm. like really really impressive uh, so enjoying that thoroughly and uh, i bought Sackboy, uh Sackboy's big adventure yeah I started that yet that's on my list for uh, sure but my current plan is finish finish off astro's playroom hop into bug snacks Keep playing some Demon Souls and then get stuck into Sackboy. So that's my uh, that's my horizon currently. Yeah, that's basically the same as mine. Outside of of, of what I've said, um, yeah, Astro, then Assassin's Creed probably, and then uh, Bug Snacks and uh, uh, Sackboy are my uh, fourth and fifth probably. So how nice. how exciting? I think Very I'm trying exciting. to remember whether um, I said in the last podcast. Uh, or if it's happened since then that I finished, I finished the original Spider-Man. I don't know if I mentioned that last time. You know, that's the game I've been playing recently in the past few episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, before before my PS5 arrived, I did finish the main story. I think it was just, it may have been just after we recorded the podcast or something. But yeah, so there we go. That's the other game I've been playing. The other that bit was, of Spider-Man. And that was Spider-Man PS4. Yeah, that was on PS4. Yeah. What did you What did you think? Because you've not finished it before, right? No, I've not. That was the first time I finished it. Um, I thought it was really good. I, th- especially the the last sort of third of the game, I I really enjoyed. I do think, and I've found this with Miles Morales as well, actually, that I still think there's like maybe a little bit too much, not too much combat, but I think the combat sequences take a long time. So mm-hmm. I don't get daunted by, um, I don't get daunted by the number of enemies when I walk into an area in terms of, oh, will I be able to do this? But I kind of think, God, this is going to take ages now. You know, you walk into <laughs> a, a a room or a, a rooftop or something and there's like 12 people there and some of them have got shields or, you know, there's like a big guy who's going to take like twice as much stuff. And it's like, oh, well, you know, this is this is fine. And it looks great. It always looks great when you're fighting in that game. Like I never get bored of that at all. So it's only a minor complaint. But um, you know, I I did get a bit bogged down in that. Um, but then I found that in like the last act of uh, the sort of the original game, um, God really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I can probably be kind of spoilery at this point, given it's been out for a couple of years. But um, yeah, it was nice to. Uh, you know, the, like the Doc Ock story, I thought was really cool. Um, the way they handled that, and yeah. uh, uh, I, I didn't, I've never heard of um, what was it called Mister Negative. Is that his name? Yes. I, I wasn't really aware of him before this game. I'm assuming he is from the Rogues Gallery. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so that was all new to me, and that was interesting. I don't know if they maybe if they innovated and took a bit of creative license on that, and how much of it was rooted in the the comics and his other appearances in Spider-Man media. But uh, yeah, that was all, he was a new character to me. So that was, that was a lot of fun as well, just to kind of learn his backstory and how it ties in with the Osborns. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a proper Spider-Man 2 um, already. So I've not even finished Miles Morales yet. I'm (laughs) 
hoping for a sequel. But uh, yeah, it was really good. Excellent. I'm glad yeah. to hear it. Uh, we've got another question here, Peter. This is from Transnosaurus Hex, mm-hmm. who asks, Hi, BB and Peepo. Hello. Three weeks ago, a little into lockdown, I thought I'd treat myself to Subnautica. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then, boom, my 26-hour save corrupted, cloud save and all. I was devastated. But it could have been worse. When my PS4 hard drive died, I lost an 80-hour Persona save. So my question, have either of you lost a save file to a game you enjoy? How long was it? Did you go back to the game or write it off? Love the content as usual. Thanks for keeping us going through these lockdowns. Much love to both of you and the Walrus Clan. Well, that's very, very much love to you too. Yeah. Um, I, I have lost save files over the years and for games that I enjoy. Mm. Um, but I was trying to think of one that's, you know, a kind of a devastating one where I lost hours and hours of, yeah. uh, of of stuff. And I think I've been fairly fortunate in that regard. Like, if I go through all my favorite games in my head, all the games that I've, you know, sunk a lot of time into, you know, like Skyrim or Minecraft or um, I played a lot of Orcs Must Die at uni, I don't think I've ever had any issues with those. So that was good. Um, the one that I could think of, though, goes way back to the PS1 days. Um I 100%ed Tekken 3, and that's not so easy to do. So you have to run through arcade mode with every character, so you have to get all of their endings. They've got, like, ending, like, uh, what they called FMV cutscenes. Um, and as you complete the arcade mode with characters, you unlock more characters, so it sort of adds to your to-do list. Um, then there's uh, there was the Tekken Force mode which is where you play a sort of side-on beat-em-up uh with the tekken character so that's super fun you have to go through that four times and each time you go through it you unlock a key and then finally when you get to the end of i think your fifth run you then fight dr Basconovich, who's this Ooh. really weird character in tekken he's like a he's a scientist in a lab coat an old man and he's constantly crouching and he like falls over on the ground and stuff, and he d- does a lot of his attacks from like just lying down on the floor. So he's a real like pain in the pain in the ass to actually attack because he's like down on the floor all the time. Uh, he's a really strange character. So you then unlock him if you complete Tekken Force mode, and of course there's Tekken Ball mode, which is the volleyball. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, and that is uh, you unlock Gone who is from uh, like a manga or something. He's this little orange dinosaur who's also tiny. Um, So there's a whole lot to do there. I got all the way through, did everything I could possibly do. And then one day uh, my my memory card corrupted or like it got wiped. There was just nothing on it. Fortunately, I had two memory cards and that happened to be one that had hardly anything on it. I had my Tekken 3 save and then a couple of other games that... I'd not, you know, sunk loads and loads of time into. So it wasn't totally devastating, but like the main thing was losing all the characters. I didn't mind I didn't it didn't matter to me that I'd lost the the save file that said hundred percent on it kind of thing. Like I didn't I didn't care that like I'd lost that progress, but it bothered me that my roster had suddenly been sliced in half, you know? Yeah, of course. Um so yeah, that was that was a bit devastating. Um, other than that, I can't. Th- I certainly can't think of any recent ones. I think I had a, I had a glitch with Battlefront One where lots of people logged in after a, an update, and it had like I think it had lost everyone. It lost their progress, and 
maybe wouldn't even let you play at all, and you'd, you'd lost all your weapons and unlocks and stuff. Uh, but fortunately, I think they released uh, a patch for that within a, a week or two, and they it sort of reverted everything back, and you got everything uh, oh, that's added good. back to your account. But yeah, I don't. I've not really been stung too badly with games that I love. Mm. Have Have you? Yes, I have. Uh, I've mentioned it in passing a couple of times, but I think the the biggest sort of culprit of, of my sadness for losing save data is definitely Pokemon Crystal. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, was the the sort of refinement of gold and silver that uh, Pokemon the Pokemon company often release, or Nintendo, I should say, often release a little while after their, their two games at once strategy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, Pokemon Crystal... I I really really loved that game a lot. Uh, I think it was the first, or it may have been one of one of the first two games that were actually for Game Boy Color. Uh, in terms of having that little, you know, that how the plastic cartridges had the little bump on the back, so they couldn't fit in the original Game Boy. Yeah. So yeah. it was one of the first Pokemon games to have that. I think maybe Pokemon Pinball or something else also had it, but. Um, yeah, that um, I played that for maybe three hundred hours. Oh God! Um, over the course of it was it was over the course of about five or six years. And given that last episode when we talked about uh, the getting my Pokedex finally, mm. and how I often restarted games in Pokemon and started from scratch and stuff, this was a, a rarity for me to keep one save file going for so long. And I completed the uh, the Pokemon League sort of, you know, dozens and dozens of times. And my starter, uh, Chikorita, oh, which yeah. was by this point a Meganium or a Meganium. Not really Ooh. sure how to pronounce it. Uh, I managed to get it up to level 100 just by just by training it, you know, wow. which takes a long ass time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I was I would sort of put it down for quite long periods of time and then pick it back up again. Um but at one point, it I was on holiday with uh, with a French family in okay. France. I was staying with some people in France, and I took two game. This is how cool I was. I took two Game Boy Colors with me, a link cable, uh, a copy of one of the original Pokemon games, Red or Blue, and mm. Crystal. And I just spent many hours transferring Pokemon over that right. I couldn't get. And uh, it was extremely cool, and I'm sure they thought I was a sane and normal person, <laughs> you know, staying in in France, and it was really sunny, and it was my summer holidays, and I was like, no, I'm going to sit inside mm. and trade Pokemon to myself. And uh, I eventually got up to 235 or 6 Pokemon out of 250. Ooh, I got okay. really, really close, and it just took... You know, it wasn't a as I said, it wasn't like a concentrated effort to get this. Uh, you know, in in a short period of time, it was just something I dabbled in for years and years and years and years. And then one day I went to start it up, and the battery in the cartridge had run out, and my save file was gone. Oh, and that no. was it. That was the end of my Pokemon Crystal adventure, and it was very sad. F in the chat. Oh God, that's terrible news. All those Pokemon, Peter, died, gone. They all died instantly. Yeah. Yeah. All dead forever. And some sad. of them you moved over there just to die there as well. So yes, yeah, they got to sent blame. to their death. Mm. I think that was also the one where I had a Scyther that I traded while holding the Metal Coat item and it evolves into Scizor, Ooh. which is just the cool, the, the coolest Scyther. 
I traded it to my friend on loan, you know, like a football club. Yeah. And he started a new game and it was gone forever. Oh, no. He killed it. He uh. killed my scissor. So, uh, yeah, mainly Pokemon Crystal has brought me a great deal of grief. Yeah. Oh, sorry so for your loss. It. Thank you. It's okay. I'm over it now. Well, it's time for a, for a, a section here mm. where we talk about strange things that have happened. And I'm just going to reach for my prop. Um, yeah. I happen to have I happen to have laminated paper here. Wow, that's a that's a you you went from having no paper yeah to having laminated paper which I can't tell is is that better or worse. I don't know if it's better or worse, but I just thought I mean I've also got normal paper, but I just noticed that I've got a laminated sheet of paper nearby, so I thought why not take I think it's better. I'm going to say better because mm. it means, you know, if the if the news is really weird, I can cry with laughter or sadness and my tears won't get all over my my newspapers as it were (laughs) yes um it's time for a weird section yeah it's called weird Weird laminated news weird laminated oh my goodness hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's weird laminated news time. Time for some weird video game news that's laminated. Peter, what have you got? Uh, I have got a weird news story right here. Let me just unlock my mobile phone. Because mm. it's a really high-tech it's a really high-tech session today. Not only do we have lam- laminated paper, but I'm reading the news from my phone, which I don't normally do. Right, here we go. It's from Kotaku, uh, but it's not by Luke Plunkett, our unofficial weird news correspondent. It's Damn. by... Zach Zvison or Zvison Zvison mm. um, fans think this strange road in Virginia is connected to GTA 6 um, and then there's a screenshot of Google Images or Google Earth or something of a road and it's just a bit of a zigzaggy road with like two hairpin bends in it okay and it's like in the middle of nowhere okay so here we go 
Middle Mountain Trail is a quiet dirt road located in the middle of nowhere in Virginia, but uh, with nothing but trees surrounding it. But according to some Grand Theft Auto fans, it might be a clue connected to GTA 6, the long-rumored sequel to one of the best-selling games of all time. I don't know why I read that so weirdly. Last, uh, late last week, Rockstar dropped a small teaser for the next GTA Online update. I think it's... Um, They've added a new heist or something. I think I saw the trailer the other day. Uh Uh, There wasn't much in the teaser, but eagle-eyed fans spotted what appeared to be GPS coordinates at the bottom of the video. There's then a screenshot in the article. It says, at the bottom of this screen, you can see the coordinates. Um, So it's a sort of, looks like a a high-tech kind of infrared camera looking at a house. And there's all sorts of like digital graphics and motion sensors all around the sort of like hood and then right at the bottom of the screen there's some numbers and they are north by west coordinates by the looks of it so when they punched the numbers into google maps they got a dirt road that get this seems to be forming the shape of vi the roman numeral for six wow GTA fans on Reddit and Twitter quickly began freaking out. Was this a hint about GTA 6, a clue left by Rockstar for dedicated fans to find, or just a coincidence? Kotaku contacted Rockstar about the coordinates, but did not hear back in time for publication. The article does go on, but let me describe to you to what extent this looks like a V in an I. Of course, the letters VI, if you write them out, would be separated by a small amount of space. This is not. So it's V, and then the top of the I is connected to the top of the V, if you mm-hmm. think it's a VI. But equally, that could just be a Z or a capital, a backwards capital N, if you imagine it. It's just a downward angle, an upward angle, and a downward angle. It's just two hairpin bends. But apparently, it's VI, everyone. That's what it could it's- be. That's what it's got. To, it's got to be that. Yeah. Um, fans are trying to piece together this strange mystery by themselves. Many are convinced that the shape of the road is too perfect to be a random coincidence. I'll admit it's very strange how much the road looks like VI. Furthermore, Rockstar knows how dedicated its fans can be. It would be strange for the developer to just add some random numbers to a teaser without some reason behind it. I do admit that that's probably true, but... uh I don't know. All that said, would Rockstar really use a teaser for a GTA Online update to tease GTA 6? Also, what's actually being teased? Seems unlikely the next GTA game will be set in a version of the Virginia Backwoods. It's possible that Rockstar is just trolling GTA fans desperate for information about GTA 6. I'm usually pretty quick to dismiss folks hunting for clues to GTA 6 in everything Rockstar releases, as often they amount to nothing. But I'm not sure if I can totally write off this weird clue. That's very strange. So there's a dirt road that looks like it might be a 6. Well, yeah, apparently. But, I mean, I can send you the image. I guess, I mean, looking at it, I suppose it sort of could be. But, you know, at the same time, I'm really not convinced only in so much as it could easily be a z or an a, a mirrored n or just a road you know mm. and also why would they pick that road there must be millions of roads around the world that have a double hairpin bend in them like that so they could have picked they could have picked one maybe closer to the area where the game is going to be set i don't think they're likely to set a gta game 
in just the back roads of uh, of Virginia, surely. Probably um, not. Do you have that photo? Can I I'm see just, it? I'm just getting it now, yeah. It was because it was on my phone. I'm having to... Here we go. Okay. I'll send that to you. Um, oh, wow. That's a, that's well, a that's Facebook a Messenger link. I've got it. Link. Okay. I've got it. Oh, yeah. No. 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 No, I don't think so. Absolutely not. No, it's more like a Harry Potter lightning scar, isn't it? Yeah, it does it look like, like a lightning a... bolt. Yeah, that's terrible. What is wrong with people? It's not terrible, Ben. GTA 6 confirmed. It's coming out. Sorry, you're right. They're not just going to keep adding updates for GTA Online and never release another GTA game. What are you talking about? Yeah. God, it's ridiculous. But it's uh, ridiculous. Hey, if if this got you excited and you enjoyed hearing about this on social media or whatever, you do you. That's fine. Each yeah, that's fine. It's not, it's not a clue, though. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Boy, are we going to look silly when it turns out that GTA 6 oh, is set in Virginia in the middle of nowhere with no city to explore. But We're going to look go. really silly when someone goes to that road and finds loads of copies of GTA 6 completed. Oh, my God. Imagine. Ready imagine. to play. Uh, which sort of reminds me, incidentally, I'll just quickly tell you the, the headline. The other news story I nearly brought along is that someone's already playing Cyberpunk. Their, their copy... <laughs> seems to have been shipped out really early, and they did a 20-minute stream of the opening, uh, which is oh, God. pretty crazy to think that it's, I, it's I did see that some copies had got out there already. Yeah. So uh, there you go. It's being played early. Wow. Uh, weird me back, Ben. I shall. This weird news comes courtesy of Nathan Dean Brown at Zombie Slur on uh, Twitter. Ah, okay. Thank you, Nathan. And this is news from The Verge. Mm-hmm. And... Beyond Steven, I think is the author's name. Okay. Bud Light made a video game console that also cools two beers. <laughs> cools two beers, wow. Yeah. You'd think it would warm them up. Bud Light, the beer brand produced by An- Anheuser-Busch, is that it? An- uh, I don't An- know. I don't know. Has created a video game console. It's called the BL6, and yes, it will keep two of your beers cold. It has 16 gigabytes of memory and six games, including Tekken 7 and Soul Calibur 6. Wow. It has a built in Asus projector. It has the form factor of a six pack of beer. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not sure why this exists. I'm not mad at it, though. I love drinking beer as much as this reads like it was written by an alien. Yeah. <laughs> I love to drink the beer as much as the next person. And while I don't usually consume Bud Light, I do have an appreciation for booze companies doing weird video game stunts. Uh, my previous favourite entrant in this category was Miller Light Controller, which was a can of beer you could game with. Miller Light? Prob- we brought the- our controller. Which Miller, is all right. Or Miller Light. So that's okay. But the problem with these devices is that they're impossible to get. You can't even find a prop uh, place to... Uh, what is that? You can't even find a place to cop a controller. Jesus, man. What? Stop with the thesaurus nonsense. Just write it. <laughs> and Bud Light's BL6 is currently going for more than $1,000 at auction. Oh. Beer companies, if you're reading this, please make more dumb stuff like this. It's good for morale, even if I can never seem to get my hands on them. 
said, oh, he, he then says, also a suggestion, if I may, next time, make a console that calls more than two beers at a time. Gamers <laughs> need fuel. Who who wrote this? Who is oh, this man? I don't think it was written by an alien. I think it was written by um, the actual toads from the the Budweiser, the Budweiser adverts. advert. Yeah, yeah bullfrogs or whatever they are. God, it just re- this this reads like a a person who's trying very hard to talk about how much they like beer. I drink beer. I gamers need fuel, <laughs> and it takes more than two maybe, beers. Maybe to... cool too. Listen, I like to drink the alcohol as much as the next alcohol drinking person. Listen, I have sex with my girlfriend all the time. <laughs> but uh, anyway, to the article. Uh... <laughs> it does. It sounds an awful lot like. Someone who's compensating for something. Mm. And I don't know. I can't work out what it is. But like, listen, I, li- I like nothing more than my favourite beer companies doing beer things with video games. But video games can be cool. So how about more beers? Yeah. Bud, send me free beer because I talked about your console. Oh, please. I, I don't want any Bud Light. No, I don't. Disgusting swill. Get it yeah. out of here. Give anyway, me that Tesco pear cider. Give me that Tesco pear cider, son. You know, they stopped putting it in plastic wrap and you can get it in a, a nice little uh, cardboard, whatever the flip it is, little, little cardboard box. Oh, that's so good. So it's actually recyclable now. Yeah, I know. Very Tesco. exciting. Very exciting. It's time for question three, Ben. This is from Brian K. No, it's not. It's not. That's my mistake. Sorry. I, I've updated it on my end because it's it's my question to read. So I thought I'd get in there before you, but sadly not. No, that, Brian Brian Carhill was the person who asked the question in this position last week. I was going to say because I was about to say Carhill. And, well, I was about to say Cahill. And then I was sort of stopping myself and I was like, oh, man, he told us last week how to pronounce his name. And I've already forgotten. But mm. I'm glad to hear that it... I mean, if only he'd come in a little bit sooner and I'd not gone as far as K, because what if it's Carhill? You know, I still said it wrong, even <laughs> though... You did still say it wrong, even though yeah. it's not even Brian's turn this week. Mm. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, thank you, Brian. We've got a question uh, from someone else. This is from Like a Glove. Sorry, okay. Like a Glove. Um, Sorry, I like just I copied the question and then forgot to put the name in, and I saw, I saw it a minute ago and thought, <laughs> that can't be right, can it? Uh, like a glove asks, I'm listening through. The- oh goodness me! Hello? I'm listening through the entire catalogue of Podiots again, and back to episode two where you discuss the BAFTA live stream. Oh. You mentioned a few video games that you had to discuss as esteemed video game professionals that you hadn't actually played: Cuphead, Wolfenstein, aka Kicking Nazi Simulator, Horizon mm. Zero Dawn, to name a few. Two questions: Have you gotten around to playing any of the games you pretended to know about on the live stream? And two: Are there any other games that were either really popular, groundbreaking, or held in high regard that you've never gotten around to playing? I'll admit I've never played any of the Batman games and only experienced the groundbreaking David Cage games vicariously through your live streams. Ah, oh, well, that's a good way to experience them. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, you don't really get much out of actually playing them no. beyond watching. So, yeah, uh, Peter, would you? care to explain what this BAFTA live stream was? Yes, yeah, so a couple of years ago now, it doesn't really feel like that or in some ways it does, it feels like 2020 has been about six years long but also three days long uh, we did, well we we started our channel Vidiots at the Yogscast and within like a couple of weeks of the channel being launched, um, the Yogscast clearly, just broadly the umbrella, the Yogscast umbrella were invited to come and be commentators at the Livestream BAFTA Video Game Awards event 
uh, where they were were revealing the nominees for each category. Um, mm. They were probably hoping for Lewis Brinley or you know Simon <laughs> Lane or yeah. someone like that. They got the vidiots who hadn't even established themselves. You know, even if they'd got us at the end of that year, they probably still would have been disappointed. But we we didn't well, even York's cast were disappointed, so I don't think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't well, think yeah, BAFTA would have been thrilled. Um, so we turned up, Ben and I, feeling very nervous. We almost didn't say yes to it. Actually, obviously, it's a, a great opportunity, and what a thing to! I'd still say to people as a when I'm playing two truths and a lie. I say, I've been a BAFTA commentator on a live stream (laughs) for the nominee reveal event. And people don't believe me, which is great. Um, So we were very nervous about it, but we went along. um, And one of the reasons we were nervous about it is because they'd said that they couldn't tell us the names of the games until the day. So we couldn't even do research ahead of time. Um, and try and try and sort of find out about these games that we'd not played. Anyway, we got there. We it was all quite cloak and dagger, and we were sort of locked in a room with pastries. And then we got given this piece of paper, yeah. and God, there were a lot of things on there that we'd not played. Mm-hmm. Um, we neither of us have played Cuphead. That's in in the question yeah. um, purely because at the time it was a, a Microsoft exclusive. You had played Wolfenstein, hadn't you? And presumably and, you, you and played Horizon. Horizon. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't played either of those, um, which, you know, what was I doing there in that room? I thought, like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But we got through it, and uh, mm. I mentioned the Nazi party. Well, not the Nazi party, but just... <laughs> I mean, by <laughs> extension, yes. Yeah, I mentioned Hitler party. and Nazis and said that it was fun to fun to beat them down, even though I didn't actually do that. Okay, um, is what the host said okay. in that cadence. Okay. I mean, she asked us. She asked everyone on the panel about uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah. And everyone had given their thoughts about it. Even I had given my fake thoughts about it. <laughs> uh, and I was the last person. And I was talking about, oh, yeah, it was great to do this and that. And I loved that bit. And then she still came back to me and said, anything else? After everyone had been avoiding mentioning Hitler or the word Nazi mm-hmm. and doing it very well and probably very easily because they don't have the the verbal diarrhea that I do. And she she just looked at me and said, yeah, anything else? And I said, oh, well, I just liked kicking Hitler and killing Nazis. Okay. Okay. Hey, if you're, listen, if you're pro-Nazi, BAFTA, I'm sorry to step on your That's toes it. there. But... BAFTA, pro-Nazi, confirmed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it created a moment that we've, we've referenced for two years now, mm. almost non-stop. Yeah, that, so that's the, the main takeaway from that event. But also just <laughs> something we've also talked about once or twice before is <laughs> if you go back and watch that VOD, just how terrified and propped up by wooden planks you and me look. Oh, when... yeah, we're both... Our hands are just both in exactly the same position. We don't know what to do with ourselves. When it fades in, we're just sitting at the desk like, what are we doing? We're live on BAFTA and we're sitting up really straight with our hands cupped on the desk in front of us Mm -hmm. in in sort of smart casual shirts, (laughs) I think. It's like the meme of the dog, you know, wearing the the lab coat. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What are we? Why are we here? It was ridiculous for many, many reasons. And I'm glad we got to do it. Yeah. But... um, the I think beyond maybe one appearance on uh, a, a what culture live stream very briefly when they were mm. doing those right at the start, um, 
that was I think my first live stream experience was with oh, BAFTA. God, yeah, of course. I hadn't really thought about that. So I a couple of what culture ones, but yeah. Never really done anything live before. So that was that was quite a big, you know, leap into the leap into the pool with both feet kind of situation. And there was a whole crew there, like, Mm -hmm. you know, since then when we've streamed, even done streams for companies and and partners and stuff, it's always just us with like maybe a stream deck on our on our armchair, on on the arm of our sofa. But they had like a director, they had like a couple of camera ops and people setting up mics for us it was really strange and yeah, yeah it's very like anything very surreal a, a lot more than we were used to working with that's for sure but uh mm. yeah to answer your first question um i i have since played i played the majority of the big games there mm. um but uh yeah we i i hadn't played i think assassin's creed origins was up for some stuff that year and i hadn't played that because i as documented on this podcast i really don't give a flip about assassin's creed in general yeah um but uh i've since played cuphead i think the majority of the games that we were missing beyond some of the 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 bigger ones that you hadn't played Mm. were there was a lot of indie and mobile games like really innovative interesting stuff that we just wouldn't have played and i will say as well we weren't alone oh no the the other hosts uh it was alicia judge from ign and tamar hussein from GameSpot. Uh, they hadn't played those games either. So we were all sat there sort of Googling these things, but clearly they were far more familiar with being in this situation where they sort of had to, you know, be professional in a situation where they couldn't really admit that they had no idea what these games were, you know, mm. uh, without talking out their ass. And they, they were obviously consummate professionals and really <laughs> so much more qualified than we were. Um, but uh, yeah, we weren't alone in not having played some of the nominees. So we were all just sat there on our phones Googling and watching Mm. trailers just so we had a vague idea Uh, ended up not talking about a lot of those games anyway but it was just to sort of be familiar with what on earth it was you know and And then i stole a card from bafta oh yeah of course yeah like which i didn't realize i didn't realize we were not allowed to do that and i put it in my bag and i took it home um and we were also we sort of um were able to kind of veto talking about certain games so like before we went in we between us we were all like so is there any, has anyone got a game that they don't want to be asked about because you know maybe it's a game that they feel they should know but don't and so i think one or two we were like yeah let's not let's sort of gloss over that one please so uh yeah it was all it was all very well managed and i think actually me and you did a, a pretty good job other than uh looking looking a bit like rabbits in the headlights at the mm. at the start or doing the headlights and uh and the obvious the obvious line about the Nazis, but yes. um, it went pretty well. I thought I quite enjoyed it. Did. It. it did go pretty well. Well, this has turned into a real big discussion, but we'll finally get to the to the answers of the questions. Yeah, um, I haven't yet played Cuphead. I wanted to get round to playing Cuphead actually when it uh, was moving over, but then you played it before I got round to it, and mm. you just sort of doubled down on. Oh no, yeah, it is like it is as hard as people say it is, and. So I've now I'm I'm not in a rush to go and play it. I think I still will eventually when I get a get a window. But I've now got like five games that I want to play on PS5. Um, and after that, uh, the game that I wanted to I want to move on to. In, pro- in fact, I'll probably move on to it before I play Bug Snacks and uh, and maybe even before I play Sackboy. Um, is Horizon, which I've still not played. I was going to play it months ago. I got a copy of it for... It might have even been for my birthday, actually. I think it was. 
Um, so that was during lockdown when I was um, back home with my family. So I couldn't play it there because I didn't have my PS4 set up. Um, and then when I finally came back to Newcastle, I was going to play it. And then what I ended up doing was instead playing Spider-Man because I knew that the PS5 was coming out soon and that one of the games I will be playing would be Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or before that, actually, no, I should say, Crash 4 came out. So that's what happened. I was playing Crash 4. And then after that had come out, uh, I was like, right, now I'll do Horizon. And I was like, oh, no, no, I better play Spider-Man now. So it's just been pushed to the back of the queue since, I mean, since when I since I got it in April, but also before then as well. It was kind of, uh, I, I, I was just playing other things, unfortunately. And it's something that I've always... I've I've looked at Horizon and thought that's a game I know I would really enjoy, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to playing that. But I still haven't. Would you believe? Oh man, um, you'll you'll find the time. I will. It's as I say. I think I'm going to play uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, get through Astro as well, and then I think before I play Bug Snacks and Sackboy, I'll finally play um, Horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, I've got all the. It's like the the ultimate edition or whatever it's called with all the DLC, and I think that's one of the games that should run better if I play it in a PS5. Yeah, um, I think it's getting a patch as well of some yeah, kind. So. Yeah, and of course the the sequel is coming out next year. I yeah, guess. supposedly we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will. But uh, so there we go. That's the big one that I've, I still need to get around to playing. Uh, nice. Wolfenstein, I've still not played. I've uh, still not kicked any Nazis, but it's not really my kind of thing. I'm not not so into FPS, broadly speaking. I know I play Battlefront, but that's purely because it's a Star Wars game, let's face it. So, um, yeah, I won't be playing Wolfenstein, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But there you uh, go. Yeah, very quickly, are there any other games that were really popular that you've never gotten around to playing? I mean, I've talked about how I've played a little bit of The Witcher and didn't want to commit to it at the time, and yep. I will eventually. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the one that I think of the most. Okay. Yeah. What about cool. you? Have you got any others that you still want to play? Yeah, I do, I, it's largely this overlaps with the. I think that we got a question either last week or the week before about games that we wanted to be good at. You know that we. Oh yeah. So it's there is an overlap here. Sonic games, Mario games, largely Crash Bandicoot games. You know they're they're all games I've I've dabbled with here and there, but never really sat down and played. And I just don't really. Mm don't really feel the inclination to but uh yeah they're they're, they're big games that i've just never really zelda as well never just oh, never yeah. really gotten into and played i was gonna say breath of the wild is one of the nominees that year for like probably probably best game of the year i suspect mm, um mm-hmm. and i've not yet played that and i probably never will because i don't have a, a personal switch we've got a we've got an office switch <laughs> we a shared switch we but do I, have an office switch but I, I don't even sort of necessarily want to start fanning around with a another console to be honest mm-hmm. so as as good as that game looks to be and i know it's highly acclaimed game of the year for most people at the time um it's just just too much for me to commit to i've got commitment issues so fair enough fair enough well peter it's time to move on to a discussion of a of a large size yeah i think oh god there it is i think it's called the big discussion the big discussion it's big discussion time. Welcome to the big discussion. This big discussion comes from Sputnik, who says, Next generation consoles are finally here, and it seems like they have both been released in beta stage of development. 
with features not yet available like additional PS5 game storage and a very long list of software bugs and issues, it seems both Microsoft and Sony may have bitten off more than they could chew. Do you think they should have delayed the release of the consoles in order to fix these problems? Do you believe these bugs and issues are the price for being an earlier adopter? Some of the more interesting bugs I've read online include PS5 not charging DualSense controller through the front USB ports, Xbox Series X not being compatible with certain high-end TVs due to HDMI coding issues, PS5 uninstalling games if you eject the disc after installation, Xbox HDR game capture is way too dark, PS4 games with PS5 upgrades run in PS4 mode by default, both consoles are having issues with third third-party apps, I think that's meant to say, which ran fine on the older consoles but not the newer ones, and the PS5 which seems to have some issues with download queuing and the only resolution seems to be a factory reset. <sighs> I mean, we should say that I think those are issues that are being reported by some people. These aren't issues that every PS5 or Xbox Series X is suffering from. I mean, well, some of those probably are, you know, for example, the, the Xbox Capture it's probably mm. way too dark on everyone's console, for example. But, uh, you know, my PS5 isn't uninstalling games when I eject the disc, um, yeah. you know, Maybe. as an example there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think I wouldn't have minded a delay insofar as um, b- before the announcement. So, like, I don't... I really hate it when things get announced and then they get pushed back from the... from the date that we've been given. And I think if they'd done that, that would have been really disappointing in this, the year of disappointment and sadness and and pain, uh, obviously in, in, in more serious issues than, oh, my console's not coming out. But uh, mm-hmm. just broadly speaking, 2020's not been great. So that wouldn't have been good. Um, lots of games have been getting pushed back as well because of C-Virus affecting development. So it would have just been the a real a really depressing thing if we'd got a date and then uh, there'd been a, a pushback on that. But if they'd known ahead of time, oh, we're going to need more time than this, and they'd chosen to delay it, and if I'd not got my PS5 this year, um, you know, if I'd got it early next year, for example, I think I would have been okay with that. Like, you know, it, I wouldn't have known any better. Did it, like, in a parallel universe, I would have got it in November. Um, I think it's, like, always worth holding things back and releasing them at, at their best possible quality and even things like aside aside from all these like outright bugs that need fixing and and proper issues there's also just like quality of life touches that i'm really looking forward to hopefully getting patched in eventually to the ps5 like uh you can't use folders yet you know you can't like organize your uh customize your your home screen as much as i would like to um, there's no themes. I don't mind that there's no themes yet, but that's something that that's that's an example of something that's coming later. And I kind of feel like surely they could have just, you know, hung on to it really and uh, and wait until that was all ready. I guess, of course, the argument is that it's best to have consoles and video games themselves as well released around this time of year so that you can get um, big Christmas sales. But then on the other hand. All the consoles have sold out anyway, so I kind of feel like it doesn't really make a difference because you can't buy one for Christmas now unless you're really lucky. So that's all much of a muchness. Like it doesn't really matter that it's holiday time. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I think broadly speaking, I think it's it's always worth like hanging fire and releasing something when it's ready. And as long as they didn't do it after announcing the date, I would probably be in favor of them uh, just making sure everything works properly. 
So I think that it's, you know, it sucks when this stuff happens. You know, if you're having problems with your new console and, and things like that, uh, as as you said, in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of uh, widespread issues, it's probably very few people that this is affecting. Mm. And the fact that it's so amplified and everyone's able to to hear it and see it is because this kind of stuff always happens at a yeah. launch of something new. There's big internet clicks in reporting things going wrong. Uh, so that's and that's not to say that they they aren't going wrong, but it is you know unless there's a a red ring of death style of issue, we won't be hearing anywhere near as much about these problems. I imagine in a few months' time, it's just because you know it's the new thing. Very few people can get it, and reporting doom and gloom, where it's like oh, okay, there's ten thousand of these things in the wild. Everybody mm. wants one, and it's uninstalling games when you eject the disc. You know that's going to make for big news, even if it's only one person reporting it. You know, yeah. So these things are probably being taken largely, not out of context, but I think they're probably being blown out of proportion, perhaps a little bit. Uh, but Sputnik is right in that I think I do think early adopters do have to go through this kind of stuff with everything that they that you know that they they adopt early. Very few pieces of kit this advanced and and complicated are perfect out of the box they'll be iterated on and changed through firmware updates and component adjustments in the in the new models mm. um i don't think they should have delayed over this because as I, as I just said that stuff always happens you know they're never going to know exactly what everyone needs and exactly how uh, specifically these these small things can go wrong until they're in tens of thousands of households across the country there's only yeah. so much testing that can be done in a lab or in a you know in in a workspace environment a workplace environment sorry uh, you don't know how it's going to survive in a home with a family of six and four you know four kids maybe some you know toddlers or whatever poking things into the vent holes or whatever. you know you don't know yeah. until it's out there and it's and it's doing stuff so yeah while early adopters do have to 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 face the the brunt of that and to an extent that's really frustrating Neither you or I have had any issues personally, mm. and uh, these things, you know, as you say, with the themes and stuff, that's stuff that I would like to have, folders I would like to have. There's definitely quality of life adjustments that can be made, but as it stands, I'd rather have the console now than wait a few months for this stuff to be ready. And, you know, as as a multi-billion dollar company, they all the manufacturers want their stuff out before Christmas. Mm. Uh, so... I don't think it should have been delayed because we would have run into different issues, but still exactly the same kind of problems, regardless of when it released. Yeah, uh, it's only with true. the benefit of hindsight that we're that we're saying, you know, that you, someone could say, "Well, I wish it had delayed two months so they could fix this stuff," because it would be other stuff that we'd be complaining about when it came out if that was the case. Yeah, yeah, I think you're, you're probably right when you put it like that. Um, yeah, I certainly wouldn't delay it for the quality of life stuff in terms of themes and folders and stuff like that. Um, that's that's just something that'll that'll come in time. I'm I'm sure of that. Um, but I agree in terms of early adoption. You know, irrespective of whether or not they should have delayed it, I think whether it came out in November or next year or summer 2020, I think if you are an early adopter, if you get hardware or software um early on in its release 
this is going to happen. It's exactly the same with getting video games nowadays. Um, these things, they get released, and as you say, uh, issues are identified when the sample size explodes into you know the thousands or the tens of thousands or the millions um, eventually, mm-hmm. uh, compared to you know maybe dozens or hundreds of QA testers. That's just how it's just how statistics work. The more of them <laughs> you get out there, uh, the more likely you are to find issues like that and run into problems under as you say sort of certain circumstances that maybe they've not tested you know little combinations of things that are going to cause problems so yeah if you're an early adopter you have to kind of take that and um as much as it's very easy to go oh well do you remember back in the day when uh you know the ps1 there was no such thing as a patch or like a firmware update so they had to make sure it was right it's like well yeah that's true but equally, it was a far less complex piece of kit. I know mm. at the time it was cutting edge. I'm not suggesting that they were resting on their laurels. So it, it was complex comparatively. But equally, there's only so much that goes into a game or a console uh, in the 90s compared to what you have now. And you've got network issues now and things like that that they just they didn't have to worry about back then. So it's... It's kind of a cliche to say, oh, I remember the good old days where there was no such thing as a patch and they had to release games properly um, or or indeed hardware properly. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, it's not it's not really, you, you, it's apples and oranges, really. It is. Um, and when you adjust it, as you say, the complexity, comparatively, the issues that persist in some of those games, in your Spyros, in your Crash Bandicoots and stuff, mm. by today's standards... The, those were, were probably, I mean, we weren't aware of them at the time, but, you know, there's lots of, for example, the speedrunning hacks in Spyro, you know, where you can get to areas yeah. you shouldn't and stuff like that. Bearing in mind that they weren't dealing with, with you know, net code issues and mm, yeah. ways people could hack into online servers. When you when you compare the, the levels of complexity of the hardware and the software, those are still quite big, glaring issues. It's just we you know we don't see them as that big of a deal because we didn't identify them at the time probably yeah uh, so issues were still there you know soul what was it it wasn't soul caliber it was mortal kombat gold for the sega dreamcast mm. was uh it had to be re-released because there was a huge issue with it i can't remember specifically what it was i did it in the, i looked at it um it in the launch video but i think it was so broken that they had to re-release a second version Right. Um, to, to sort of rectify those issues. I think it was that. There was also a racing game as well that the European version after the Japanese launch had the driving controls fixed because they were so bad. Right. Uh, so that yeah. stuff did used to happen as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's it's just always been, it's always been like this. Again, It's it goes back to the question we had of, you know, how can we change pre-orders could sony and microsoft have done more you know more to curb scalpers this time around Mm. it's honestly i don't know what more they can do you know what what can they do it it has always been like this it's we're very aware of it now because of covid and we're all stuck at home and everyone wants a distraction but uh it, it has always been like this to some extent and it's um it's not great but i think it's just it's just how it how it be it'd be like that Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so all we can do now is wait for these issues to be identified, which they are being. And that's mm-hmm. essentially it's just part of the process nowadays, really. Um, and uh, slowly but surely, things will start to be uh, 
to be fixed in patches. I'm yeah, sure. Cross those fingers, and yeah. we will see. Peter, yes. if people want to let us know what they thought of today's episode and maybe find some more stuff from us, where would they go and what would they do? They can go to YouTube and Twitch for all our content where we do videos and streams. That's youtube.com and twitch.tv, both forward slash team triple jump. When we're streaming, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Cecil Prumps, Madstadactyl and Trowling Badger. Uh, we've got social media, twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Um, and uh, we've got a Patreon, of course, as has already been mentioned in this podcast. Lots of rewards there, including early worst games ever, exclusive merch. Uh, we do a we do a chat with our patrons once a month, um, and of course, you can ask questions on this very podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Discord is bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. That's modded by Jack and Joe, um, and uh, we if you're watching the podcast on youtube right now the audio version is available at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump and all of your podcast purveyors of choice as well the website is triplejur.mup if you go to triplejur.mup forward slash shop that's where all our merch is available right now and triplejur.mup forward slash vods is a link to our vods channel on youtube and Pat Fenn is continuing to edit weekly highlights, and they are wonderful. Um, and, of course, all of our VODs themselves, unedited, end up on that channel as well. Triplejur.mup, that's J-U dot M-P. Fantastic. You can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter, at that Peter Austin, and on Twitter, just me, what? And just me on Twitter, not Instagram, is what I've done. Wow, the words all went squiggledy-wiggledy there. Squiggledy-wiggles. At confused underscore dude lists. We do those every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It on YouTube. Monday, Friday, and Sunday being the solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. Podcast, we do that every Saturday. And shows, we do one every other week and we dot them in around and so on uh please leave a review on itunes or your platform of choice it helps something to do with al gore's rhythms this week it is a worst games ever week mm. we hope you enjoyed it patrons everybody else it'll be out tomorrow uh we did several quip scopes we did one on astro's playroom demon souls and spider-man miles morales so if you want more information on what we thought of those you can go watch those now uh, ps5 streams will pretty much be dominating our streaming uh, lineup from next week i think you're gonna are you gonna start spidey i am i finished crash bandicoot 4 in uh on stream this week um i was i thought about going straight to ps5 now that it's out but i was like i can't very well if i've only got literally one streams worth left of crash 4 I, i've got to finish it so i did mm-hmm. and then um yeah so i'll probably stream probably stream spidey uh yeah i think so Fantastic. So Peter will be streaming Spidey. I'll be continuing to stream Demon's Souls on Friday. And on Sunday, Andrew from Cultaholic will be continuing to stream for us. Mm. Uh, He'll be streaming Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I believe, also on PS5. Uh, So lots of next-gen streams coming. I think we'll still be playing Aliens Colonial Marines on our joint stream. So look forward to that on Thursday. And also this week was a sleepover stream. So uh, we hope you enjoyed that. If you came along live on YouTube, the VOD will be up very soon, if not already. And uh, we also chatted to our patrons of a certain tier on Discord. We do a monthly Discord call where you can phone in and ask some questions and we'll chat with you for a bit. So please do consider supporting us at that tier if you can. We'd love to talk to you. 
Hmm. We would. That's absolutely right. Leaves just enough time, of course, for Ben to read this week's sponsor once again mm. before we have to go. We are sponsored by Little Big. Oh, God. I think I need to go have a drink of water. Yeah. A Little Big Planet Fitness. We're sponsored by Little Big Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. Where yeah. you can go and do some fitness in the gymnasium. And depending on your height, you'll have equipment that's better suited to you and your needs. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's true. It's real. That's the, that's, that's the end there. That's okay. The one there. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We will speak to you again next week. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 